Panthers Insider on the home of the Pitt Panthers, 93.7 The Fan. Live every Saturday morning, 8 to 9. Most every Saturday morning, we're live. Occasionally, we'll be absent or in another part of the country. Last week, we were in Miami, a little bit warmer down there. The Pitt Panther basketball team coming off a win against Wake Forest Wednesday night at the Peterson Event Center, seeking its 300th win in the Peterson Event Center. Tips off against Notre Dame tonight, 6 o'clock. You can hear coverage on 93.7 The Fan starting at 5.30. Billy Hillgrove, Curtis Aiken on the call. Big game for the Panthers who sit at 13-8, and 4-6 and six in conference play. An opportunity for them to inch closer to 500 in conference play. A 500 record or just above it will typically put you in NCAA tournament consideration in the Atlantic Coast Conference. History, recent history, not as kind to that that record. North Carolina, 11-9 last year, 20 wins, coming off a Final Four berth in the year prior, did not make the NCAA tournament. However, this year a bit different. At 6.30 tonight, Duke and Carolina will tip off for the first time this season in Chapel Hill. So that game will start 30 minutes after the Panthers tip off against the Fighting Irish. Notre Dame, 2-8 and eight in league play, struggling overall. Micah Shrewsbury, their head coach, who took that job after being the head basketball coach at Penn State. They're one of the better defensive teams in the ACC. They struggle to score at times, very physical. We'll see how the Panthers can deal with that tonight. But it promises to be a really good crowd. Two elite eight teams will be celebrated. The 1973-74 Panthers headlined by Billy Knight, who's been in the peat for most of these games here in the month of January and now into February. We'll be there today. A whole host of former players from that era. The late Tom Richards will be represented by his, his wife, a former women's basketball player, Mary Beth Richards. The Richards family has been incredibly involved and pitch shout out to Jason Richards, who was uh, recently elected into the Hall of Fame at Davidson. He played alongside Steph Curry on some very good teams there. But Mary Beth will be in town, Billy Knight and company. And then the 08-09 Panthers, headlined by the likes of LeVance Fields and Dewan Blair, Tyrell Biggs, Jermaine Dixon, Gilbert Brown, who's on the staff. Two Elite Eight teams will be celebrated today as the Panthers fittingly seek their 300th win in the Peterson Event Center. It's a 300th win that it seems like it's been a long time coming. Over the last decade, there certainly have been more losses than folks are accustomed to in the Pete, but things seem to be swinging in this 2023-24 season. There was a rough patch, a couple tough losses to Carolina and Syracuse. Panthers have since... Won three of four, including two of three on the road. Three-game road trip last week. Beat Duke, beat Georgia Tech, and took a tough two-point loss at Miami. Playing better basketball. Blake Hinson finding his stride. 7-7 seven seven beyond the arc in Durham. And we're starting to see the young guards bust through that freshman wall. Bub Carrington had a, a tough stretch. He had 20 against... Wake Forest, very solid. When Bub hasn't play, played well, Jalen Lowe has come on. He was terrific at Duke, including a step-back three to really seal that game. Ishmael Leggett with a career career night against Wake. 
And then we saw something in that Wake game that might we see more of it. Panthers struggled with Efton Reed down low. Jeff Capewood, just north of the eight-minute timeout in the second half, puts Will Jeffress, the Erie product, in at the five spot. Will proceeds to hold Reed scoreless and bring a, a lift to this team, not with scoring, although he had a thunderous dunk off an inbounds play that was beautifully organized. But brought energy on both sides of the floor with his effort level. May we see more of that. Still would love to see Federico, Federico, and Guillermo Diaz-Graham do their thing, but Will Jeffress making the most of his minutes in that game, played nine minutes total against Wake Forest. So today a really big game for Pitt men's basketball. I want to hear your thoughts. Peterson Event Center memories. Are you going to the game today? What do you make of this team? What do you make of this team? It's a team that it lacks some offensive versatility, although I will say when Ishmael Leggett is on and making shots, it changes everything because of his ability to penetrate. When teams have to start guarding him at the three-point line and not giving him space to shoot because he's making shots, the spacing of this offense changes completely. It opens up the lanes for, for lobs and alley-oops. It creates you know, help defense that opens up shots for Bub and Blake Henson. I think you see this spark from Leggett off the bench, but at what point do you, Jeff Capel kind of in a bit of a a tough spot and whether you put him back in the starting lineup because of how he's played the last two outings. We shall see how Jeff Capel plays it tonight. But regardless, these next couple games, if you look at the Panthers, are very winnable. Very winnable basketball games. Notre Dame at home is... Panthers are favored by, last time I checked, double digits. A double-digit home favorite against Notre Dame, who's 7-14 and overall. Then the Panthers will head on the road and take on NC State in Raleigh. NC State, a team that's kind of meddling right now in the middle of the league, as are the Panthers. So really, we're hitting kind of put-up-or-shut-up time for Pitt basketball as they head into the stretch run of February, and we find out whether this team has a postseason future. I'll head on the road to NC State, then have the weekend off. I'll play next Wednesday, February 7th, 7 o'clock, tip off against the Wolfpack, and then the following Tuesday we'll head to Virginia against a team, the Tony Bennett coach team that's peaking, that's playing better. If you're able to, to pull off those two road wins, Let's just talk hypotheticals. You get to fourteen and eight today, four and six, five and six in league play. Beat NC State, fifteen and eight, six and six in league play, and then you got a chance to go get a quad one win at Virginia on the thirteenth before coming home to play Louisville in the Peterson Event Center. You clear five hundred. You're honing in on having a track to twenty wins. And all of a sudden, you don't remember early January very much. Pivotal time for Pitt basketball starts tonight, 6 o'clock, tip-off at the Pete. Going to talk to my boy Andrew Ginoco next, 825. I was on the Fan Morning Show a few times this week with Doran Dickerson. A lot of draft talk, a lot of quarterback talk. Andrew Ginoco, former quarterback coach for the Chicago Bears, quarterback coach for the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins. 
Justin Fields, two quarterbacks that may be on the market. I won't press him too hard on that because I know he's he's a he's a free agent too, looking to get get a job here soon in the National Football League. But just want to talk Senior Bowl, want to talk draft process, want to talk how that works for a new offensive coordinator like Arthur Smith, and how you come into a team and assess what you have and find that middle point between where you you know what you'd like to do and what maybe your players do best it applies to Pitt as well with Cade Bell and this offense also a special birthday to celebrate Tom Bigley turns 90 Tom Bigley a Pitt trustee longtime Pitt supporter former Pitt baseball player his wife Joan little family celebration. Andrew's a part of that family. By extension, he is married into that family. Married into royalty, they say. We'll talk to Andrew about that as well. I'm going to take your calls. 412-928-9370. Pit Hoops. Taking on Notre Dame tonight at the Peterson Event Center. Are you headed there? What do you make of this team? Favorite Pit memories if they get their 300th win. What was your favorite at the Pete? 412-928-9370. Back with more Panthers Insider. Andrew Janoko joins us next on 93.7 The Fan. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan back on Panthers Insider. Out to the fan hotline, my guy Andrew Janoko, former quarterbacks coach of Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings. He's back in Pittsburgh for a couple days with the family. Janoko, good morning. What's up, Pat? How you doing? I'm good, buddy. Big day, uh, big birthday this weekend for, uh, for, for the patriarch, Tom Bigley, turning 90. You married into that family. Uh, what do you expect from today's festivities? <laughs> uh, it's just nice to get together with everybody, see everybody, um, you know, bring the kids, bring the kids back to back to Pittsburgh, and and uh, we were up in Clearfield for a couple of days with my family. Got to take Noah out to camp, feed the deer, and uh, and just a couple of days with with all all the grandparents, great grandparents. It's, it's been really nice. Yeah, Tom Bigley, obviously uh, one of the best pit men I know. And uh, doesn't seem like he's not. He still swings the golf club pretty good. Does uh, you got Noah with the rifle? I saw. Uh, I saw Miles had Carter with one. I don't think Noah's quite there yet. He's not there yet, but he uh, he doesn't mind the noise. He he. Uh, we were shooting the other day, and you know he uh, he kind of embraced it and, and liked being around it. Nice. So you're going through the process right now. Black Monday happens. Obviously, coaches going everywhere. What's this time like in the National Football League? Really, it's like that in college now. But what's this time like? It's got to be chaos. Yeah, you know, every year, you know, the one thing that that doesn't change is that there's change. You know, so you you have to be prepared every year to to you know maybe move on, maybe stay, but um, always transition. Whether it's roster, whether it's a new job, um, whether it's new people you're working with, so you're always looking at, at at change, and that's part of the process. That's part of the that's part of you know the life you live, but um, you embrace it and you get excited about you know things that things that you could do better, uh, whether it's the next year or the next stop, and um, you know and you're you're always chasing that always chasing that Lombardi. Everyone's chasing that Lombardi. Talking to Andrew Janoco, quarterback coach of the National Football League. Andrew, I wanted to ask you. I was on with Doran Dickerson this week, who does a great job in the Fan Morning Show. We were talking about the Senior Bowl and. There's 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 news out there and, and people chirping about quarterbacks not performing well. It, everyone's chasing having a top five quarterback in the league. I mean, there, there's 32 teams, 28 of them have guys that 
they feel are Super Bowl caliber and, and franchise level, and everyone else is trying to find that, it seems like, on a year-to-year basis. So if you go to the Senior Bowl or through the draft process, what are you looking for in a quarterback? And specifically, you know, we're talking about Bo Nix, talking about Michael Penix Jr., talking about Caleb Williams, talking about Drake May. I wanted to ask you specifically about, you know, offenses that are pro-style. How much stock should fans put in a quarterback having never played in that system? How much of a transition is that actually in the NFL? Because from my standpoint, you see a lot of guys that have never taken a snap from center. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the reality of the of the business now is that you have guys coming in that, that, that haven't, you know, called plays in the huddle. Um, you have guys that haven't played under center. But the one thing that, that these kids have an advantage of is from the second that that last college snap happens, you know, they're training with guys that, that help prepare them for yeah. that. So they're well prepared to go into these situations um, as far most of them are, you know, have, are with a personal trainer that, that helps transition them um, into what they're going to face at the senior bowl. And the senior bowls, the senior bowl is great because it, it puts them in that situation for sometimes for the first time, um, you know, in your elite level competition uh, for a week. And the other thing that's nice is just to, you know, for, for person, the personnel departments get around these kids. Um, they get to talk to these kids for the first time. Have you coached the senior bowl? I, have to, I forgot to ask you that. I have not coached the senior bowl. I, I've coached the East West game twice. Um, I did it. I was the tight ends coach one year and then I was the offensive coordinator one year. And, um, you know, you find players doing that coaching, coaching in those all-star games are, it, it's a tremendous advantage because you get to be, be around the kids and, and you find, you find kids that, you know, maybe don't have all the hype, but they come there, they work their butts off and, and there's something to them. You're like, Oh yeah, I'd love to develop that kid. Yeah. You find some diamonds in the rough four Panthers in the East West shrine game this year. Gonsalves, MJ Devonshire, AJ Woods, Bob means all showed out Pat Narduzzi down there earlier this week, checking those, those guys out. Andrew, I wanted to ask you, you know, Pitt new offensive coordinator, Cade Bell, the Steelers uh, hire Arthur Smith. who I know uh, we've got some mutual connections to what's the balance. Y- you went to Chicago a couple years back with Luke Getze. What's the balance for a coordinator in a new offensive staff, a philosophy between doing what you've done, you know, everyone points to Arthur Smith in Tennessee with Derrick Henry, and they say, you know, it's all zone scheme, and the Steelers are more of a gap scheme team, and he's got to get Kenny Pickett going, and blah, 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 all the things that, that the pundits say. What's the balance between doing what you've done and finding what your team does well in that middle point? I, I think that balance is everything. I think you have to come in, and the first thing you have to do is have a, a, a real um, – a real look at what the roster is. So understanding who do you have, um, what their strong points are, who's going to be there because there is going to be turnover. There is going to be change. What do you really want to improve on? And then, and then once you get that is okay, now I have my roster set. So what, what can we do well and what gives us the best chance to win on Sundays? You know, cause at the, at the end of the day, you have to be able to win on Sundays right now. You know, they're, there are no rebuilds. Um, you know, you have to come in and win now. So I think once you evaluate, you know, who you are and what you have, where can we get better, you know, right now, then then I think you start to blend in what you want to do, what your mentality is versus, 
what you have to do to give yourself the best chance of success right now. Talking to Andrew Janoko, one more question for him. He's uh, we're actually having breakfast this morning. Looking forward to that, buddy. Uh, he's got the kids oh, yeah. getting going. Um, I wanted to ask you this. You've worked with Kirk Cousins. You've worked with Justin Fields. You were in Tampa Bay with a slew of different quarterbacks. If you had to point to one characteristic, and, and quarterback's a hot topic in this city right now. It's a hot topic in most cities right now if you don't have a guy named Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or somebody else. Between success and failure, what's, what's the biggest attribute that is most important to playing elite-level quarterback in the National Football League? Well, uh, one thing is I don't know that you could actually say one thing, but I think, you know, guys complete the ball, guys protect the ball, and then guys that can lead. You know, that, that's really what you're looking for in quarterback play. You know, can you complete the ball? Um, can you make sure that you're not turning the ball over? And then, you know, what, you know, how are you leading a, an organization? And really a lot of times, how, how are you leading a city? Um, and when you look at those guys playing in the Super Bowl right now, two vastly different players, but they protect the football. They, they get the ball to their playmakers and, you know, and, and they lead their organization. And, that, and that's really the – those are the attributes you're really looking at as far as quarterback play um, at, at any level, you know. Just – and really when you're looking at winning football games, those are, those are the biggest things, you know, statistically that you're looking at uh, as far as, as wins and losses. Tried and true. I know you got your head down most of the time, but you've played against Mahomes, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah you watch you watched him throw it in person? Yes. It's uh, it's uh, a spectacle. It's a, uh, yeah, as it, uh, I think the, I think the term is hanging in the loop, you know, um, you know, that, that's, that, that's, that's what it is. It's uh it's, it's something really special. And, you know, when you're on the field uh, with a hall of famer, it's, it's always something to marvel at. It'll be interesting. Does he get his third Super Bowl this year? Does he continue nipping at the heels of Tom Brady? We'll find out. San Francisco favored. See you in, a, in about 30 minutes, buddy. Looking forward to spending some time. Appreciate you getting up with us this morning. Well, thanks, Pat. It's been great. There he goes, Andrew Janoco. I spent a lot of time with that guy in, uh, in high school. I mean, in college, rather. We, uh, we watched a lot of film together, and um, no one works harder at the game than him. And a shout-out to Miles Kerrigan, too, head coach at Clearfield High School. Took over for the legend. The legend, Tim Janoko, who uh, was there forever, was the AD there, you know, tons of wins in high school. Miles Kerrigan, I think, was named Coach of the Year up there or something. I saw an article come through, but that was our crew in college. Janoko, Danny Cafaro, who's just had a, a baby boy. Miles Kerrigan, head coach at Clearfield High School. Henry Hynoski was part of the crew. Fullback. The Hinoceros, as they called him in, in New York. And that was our crew. And uh, we spent a lot of time together, man. And uh, it's interesting to see where everyone goes. Henry's the, high, the head coach at Schmokin High School out in Eastern PA. Obviously a legend. A legend at Southern Columbia. So many guys that I play with, thinking about it, are, are in the league now, are coaching. Or, or somewhere. Tino Sinceri with Indiana. Dom DeSico. Max Gruder, both in personnel departments in the NFL. Mike Shanahan, offensive coordinator at Indiana. All come off those kind of, that 08 through 2010. Dave Wanstead era at Pitt. 
Really cool to follow him. We'll see where Mr. Janoko ends up. I'm sure it'll be somewhere soon. And he'll be back in the fray in the National Football League. Back to basketball talk when we come back. Quick shout-out, Pitt Gymnastics, home ACC win last night against North Carolina. Big, big ups to them. Casey Joe McPherson, first ACC win at the Fitzgerald Fieldhouse in front of a really nice crowd. So that program on the upswing. But back to Pitt basketball talk next. And I want to hear from you, 412-928-9370. Best wins in the Peterson Event Center you've been at in person. In person. Panthers seek their 300th win today against Notre Dame at 6 o'clock. We'll break that down. We'll take your calls, 412-928-9370. And we'll close out the show after this break on 93.7 The Fan. We're back. We're at it. Nicholas Callis behind the glass. Pat Bostick, your host on Panthers Insider. We're every Saturday, 8 to 9 a.m. Talking pit sports. Talked a little NFL, too. We spread the love. We'll talk about it all. Appreciate Andrew Janoko joining the program and talking about all things NFL football. We'll see where my guy lands in the NFL soon. I may know, I may not, but it's not my news to share. Peterson Event Center. I'm on the Wikipedia page, full disclosure. Win number 300. That's a lot of wins. That's a lot of wins in a building that's it's opened in 2002 in the former site of Pitt Stadium. First event was a Counting Crows concert. Counting Crows. First official women's basketball game, 90-51 win over Robert Morris. Men's basketball game at the Pete was an 82-67 win over Duquesne. November 23, 2002. Man, 22 years later, here we are. 21 and change later, here we are. How about this one? Since its creation through the end of the 2012-2013 season, Pitt's men's basketball team compiled a record of 180 wins to 22 losses, an 89% winning percentage at the Pete, including a 9-1 record against teams ranked in the top five. Wow. Pitt earned its 100th men's basketball win on November 22, uh, 22nd, 2008, with an 86-60 win over IUP. Its 200th win was on December 30th, 2014 against Florida Gulf Coast University. So it took about six years to get to 100, six years to get to 200 from 100, and then just about 10 years, nine years an opportunity today for the Panthers against Notre Dame to get win number 300 at the Peterson Event Center. want to hear from you, 412-928-9370. If I had to say my favorite moment that I was there for, it would have been Ronald Ramon's three in triple overtime against West Virginia. Too many things, too many things came together for that to be the case. It's West Virginia. It's a last-second dagger place went nuts so many of those moments and I just can't think of many game-winning shots I've seen at the Pete I've seen game-winning shots against the Panthers Virginia 
I want to say that was in 2013 or 14. Hit a game winner from about half court against the Panthers. I hope the Panthers don't need a game-winning shot today against Notre Dame. Panthers are 10.5-point favorites at my last check of the the experts. But, man, have there been some great moments, great moments, including the 2009 Elite Eight team. Eight of the previous 12 meetings between Pitt and Notre Dame at the Pete have been decided by five points or fewer. Blake Henson, Doran Dickerson said it. As Blake Henson goes, this team goes. And the shot he made against Wake, kind of the spinorama three-point shot, what he's done a little bit off of ball screens, getting switches and going to the basket, he's proven he can score in different ways. Still more of a catch-and-shoot guy. But we're seeing him working on the block a little bit in the lo- in the high post, and you know, utilize his size on switches. He's approaching a, a thousand points at Pitt. I'm not sure exactly how far away he is. Twenty four points shy of reaching the fifteen hundred point mark in his collegiate career. So I've got this number thanks to Matt Plisga. And he scored 928 points in just 57 games as a Pitt Panther. 16.3 points per game average. I'd love to see our record when he hits that threshold. 16.3 points per game. And we know a lot of them come behind the arc. But it is highly likely that he hits 1,000 points here in the next four or five games in two seasons as a Pitt Panther. Where does Blake Henson rank among your favorite players in Pitt history? Let's talk to Jim in the North Hills. Jim, good morning. Yeah. How you doing, Pat? I'm doing outstanding, man. Thanks for the call. Thank you. I always, I always listen to your show every Saturday. You always do a real good job. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, I want to ask you a question like I was talking to your uh... – you know, answers the calls there. What year was that when, when Pitt beat North Carolina? They didn't beat North Carolina State, but it was that real big game. Remember, it's going back. Whew. I mean, I'm talking maybe at the field, 50. At, at the field house. Uh, I think it might have been North Carolina. This was when David Thompson was playing. He went up and he come down and he come down on his back and he carried him off and he come back in when halftime. You're testing me here. Yeah, this is like 50 years ago. You, you probably weren't even born then. I was, I was, what year was that? Oh, that's I don't know. Well, was, you you oh, watched that game? Bad. Yeah, I watched it. Oh, man. There's been some great ones. And David that Thompson's really one of the best, one of the best. Who would have thought that, they, that those two teams would be ACC rivals 50 yeah, years I later? Was, I think uh, Billy Knight was playing too, so that goes back. Billy Knight. It had to be then 73, 74, something like that. Yeah, exactly. That's when I think it was. Because I, I, I know you guys know when all that, you know, them games. I, I, you know what? If you had, you know, I, you tested me there, Jim, and I appreciate the call, man. Thanks for calling in. Let's go to Title Man. Title Man, how you doing, brother? I'm terrific and uh, looking forward to a game, uh, you know, a fun game this afternoon. It's going to be a great game. Hey, you mentioned the Ronnie Ramone game. It was one of my favorite games of all time. And I can tell you this, we're at the peak. It comes down. I, right 
after he makes a shot, the place goes crazy. And I was wearing, at that time, I was wearing like a predecessor to the Fitbit. It was a heart rate monitor watch, right? I looked out and my heart rate was 127. I told my wife, I said, I think I might have a heart attack. 127. <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable guys. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie so Ramon. many great memories. Well, you've been a season ticket holder. How long, title man? Oh, a long time. Yeah, a long time. Both yeah. sports, but yeah, we go back quite a way, almost to the, uh, to the uh, beginning of the peak. We well, did not have season tickets when the kids were little. Well, and but my yeah. and and your bride was a basketball player at Pitt. She was. She was a, a walk-on, uh, played seventy-five to seventy-nine, and, and and back then they were like pioneers. Oh yeah, no uh, question. Pitt's winning women, pioneers. man. No doubt. And uh, I I forget she's played. She played against Cowers, uh, wife, the twins. She uh, and they did. She she uh, had a great experience. And they were they were like right at the beginning. She played with Debbie Lewis, who's one of the greatest pit basketball women basketball. I'm sure you know her. Oh, Debbie Lewis yeah, is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, great, Hall of Famer. Title man, appreciate the call. And Bertie tells me you're uh, you might be a Script Society member. I heard. Yes, I am. Uh, darn proud I of it. Pulled the trigger. Yeah, I appreciate your support. Script Society is our our major giving society. The Hubers have joined, and. Uh, we're scaling, but we, we definitely the group got stronger with uh, Title Man on board. So we appreciate you, man. Have a great day. We'll see you at the Pete. Jim from Jefferson. Morning, Jim. Good morning, uh, Pat. Uh, you know, I guess I've seen many games at at the Pete and then some at Fitzgerald that uh, we really enjoyed. But you know, last year the Syracuse game. Yep. It was it was intense. You know, and, and uh, Hinson was great, and Barton was terrific, and I, I just that team was was fun, very much fun to watch. But that last the, the atmosphere during that Syracuse game was tremendous at the Pete, and I I hope we can get back to that again this year and and uh, you know, get a great crowd today and and just have some good fun. But uh, watching Hinson last year and that Syracuse game was something else. It was something else, man. And Jim, appreciate you. Appreciate the call always. Hey, I wanted to, I no, wanted to you, ask go ahead. Pat, uh, about the Luke Getze. Yeah. Uh, the, where did he end up at? That he, uh, you know, I, you know, he'd be a great guy to come in for, you know, like a local recruiter and, you know, a coach, and et cetera. But I, I, you know, maybe that's a step down since he was up at NFL, you know, upper level. The NFL is a, Offensive coordinator, but I just wonder where he's. Did he p- land a job yet? Or, uh... He he's interviewed a couple of different places in the NFL, according according to reports. I'm sure he'll he'll land somewhere in the NFL. Obviously, didn't work out for him in Chicago, um, and you know, not sure, not sure many of these pro guys. Although we've seen a couple, you know, Bill O'Brien went back to Ohio State. Um, not sure many of these pro guys are going to be making the jump back to college with the way things are going right now. Um, Jeff Halfley, we saw we saw up at Boston College. Yeah, went the other way. Went know. the other way, and and was pretty candid about why he did that. But got to get moving, Jim. I'll see you at the Pete. I'll see you and Veer in the club. Okay. Have bye. a great Thanks. day. Take care. Bye bye. Jim from Jefferson. I love when he calls in. He's always thoughtful. Title man's always energetic. And we got to get a good crowd at the Pete today. There's no excuse. It's no excuse. Students will be out in droves. 
6 o'clock, so you can you know, take your little afternoon siesta. And it's a classic game. I mean, who doesn't want to beat Notre Dame in anything? 6 o'clock at the Peterson Event Center. Tickets still available. Honoring the 2008-9 Panthers Elite Eight team, the 73-74 Elite Eight team. Opportunity for a great crowd. That 73-74 game, that, that team that made the Elite Eight lost to NC State. So, Jim, from the North Hills, your, your call was correct. They lost 100-72. I, I do not know NC State was the number one overall seed that year. Um, they might have won. They won the national title. David Thompson averaged 26 points a game in 73-74. I want to see how many points he scored in that game. Man. What a player. That game was at the old Reynolds Coliseum. 73-74, NC State was 30-1. and You don't see that anymore. Josh Roundtree in the studio. Congrats on the new gig, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm still doing this, though. You're still doing this? You're still doing pit women's hoops? You're a one-man band? <laughs> yeah, staying, staying busy, staying active. But, uh, no, I'm, uh, I appreciate that and uh, – been a fun couple of weeks getting to uh getting to a new kind of different line of work but i'm loving it so far and i also love that i get to be here and talk well, on the I, radio I and talk a, with you and callus back behind the glass and everyone callus is here this morning you know i'm a proud wpga member subscriber i saw i think your first post yeah. your first newsletter yeah and it was uh <clears throat> I was heartened to see your name at the bottom at the, on the byline. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, you it's... got my guy over there. Terry? Everybody. Everybody? We Dave. Got... Yeah, it's uh no, it's it's a really good group of people and um you know, it happened kind of fast and but a great opportunity for for me and, you know, professionally and and again, I'm happy that I get to keep doing this and everybody's on board with me still talking to you on the radio and doing some play-by-play and things like that. It was important to me to, you know, get to keep doing that. But, um, yeah, the WPGA is uh, awesome. Support local golf here in western Pennsylvania and make golf more accessible for people in western Pennsylvania and more beloved by people around here. So um, it's cool. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward and, to it. And you're Jordan Chartiers, I hear. That that is as long as they'll have me. Well, uh, David Wright's going to get you. I mean, I, Dave, Dave, Dave was my member member partner. I uh this last year. So, so the the application got sent in uh yesterday. So I'm just I'm, I'll go check on it. I'm going to have breakfast there after this. So I'll go check on it. Uh is, we got to get some pub for Chartier. Maybe you do a show from there. I would love to. Yeah, we get you and Kale Berger out there and yeah. get some golf talk going. Yeah. Um we've got a I've got a, a slew of members that that think that they could do the show themselves. Um yeah. which it, I you, think that's that generally in sports talk radio, that's I think the Probably seventy-five percent of the listening audience thinks that they could do a better job than. And then you get behind this mic, and you got this green light in your face, and you got cows staring at you from behind the glass, and all yeah. of a sudden you realize that's intimidating in its own right. Well, look at him back there. See, I always try to be engaged. That's why I look at you. You know, because if you're just staring at me and I'm not paying attention, that might. See, I feel like there's, I feel like there's different types of hosts, right? There's the type like I look at you, Callus, the whole show and talk, right? Like mm -hmm. my conversation is to you. You're right. my, you're my audience. I always sit over here. So like I, I've kind of that's I why to, I like sitting in this chair because I can I've see never, I've better. never I've never thought of that. See when I see Callus, I just get too happy. You know, I'm happy to see him. Is that that's not bad, is it? No, it's great. I just <laughs> great. But sometimes I want to have a more you know stern tone. 
on the air. <laughs> a little bit more focus. You can't, yeah, when you have those those eyes looking at you, oh. I mean, how can you get These mad? eyes. <laughs> I love it. It's been a good show you this know, morning. Hey, all over the you, place. You were talking about uh you were talking about great games at the Pete real quick. Yep. Uh, and I'm sure it was brought up by probably multiple people, but the Ramon buzzer beater against West Virginia was the loudest I've ever heard that. No building. doubt. I mean, the pop when that ball went. I'll, I'll never. So I was at the time, Pat, I was in college still when that happened. And I was actually working at the Pete. So I was like sort of facilitating with the visitor locker room and then the floor suites there. Oh, man. So I was standing down in the corner. Um, basically behind the West Virginia bench. <laughs> and so when that This thing, is when the benches were on the other when side. When the benches right? were on the other side, so you know where the the visitor locker room oh, is, yeah. that tunnel they go down. I was standing in that tunnel when that shot went in. And the eruption around the West is Virginia bench. Didn't Huggins start walking before like Yeah, he, I think he turned and started he heading knew, towards he, the tunnel because he was like, he Oh, knew, you he know, knew what? he made it. Right. He knew he made it. Right. Oh, uh, and just the the pass to get there was so good. Like, and then just the reaction. And I'll never forget. There's if you go back and watch the shot when he makes it, there there is one of the ushers at the Peterson Event Center yes. standing in the Oakland Zoo on the steps, and he is just fist pumping out uh, of his uh, mind oh, yeah. when the shot goes in. It's one of the funniest things. You'll see it's just in the midst of the the swarm of Oakland Zoo students, there's just one usher with like one of those old red vests on that they used to wear, and he's just oh, fist yeah. pumping the life out of his arm. It's just it's such a funny moment. Lucky but, it didn't tear his rotator cuff. <laughs> yes. But that that is, I think, maybe I'm the getting single like goosebumps. Yeah, that's maybe the single best shot ever taken at the Peterson Event Center. Like the biggest be, just because of who they were playing oh, yeah. and the circumstance. It was just it was just such a good moment, but there's been so many big games there over the years. It's uh, it's crazy. I mean, with 300 wins, they're going for today at the Pete against Man. the Fighting Irish. Six o'clock tip, five thirty pregame. Bill Hillgrove, Curtis Aiken.